Many of our team are either sick or have been exposed, and so we're uh, trying to limit the exposure as we go forward. But we want to welcome you, and we also wish to encourage your heart during this time when things are uh, in a mess, it feels like, in our world. I was thinking about a passage of Scripture, and uh, it's at the very end of Jesus' life. In John 16, the last night of his life, he tells his disciples this, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I've been thinking about that scripture a great deal. A couple things as I reflect on that. It says, in the world you will have tribulation. In, in the world that we live in today, in the world of Jesus' time, in, in all the worlds that have been or will be, there will be tribulation because of sin and brokenness in our, in our world and in our own stories. Yet in the middle of that story, and we believers need to keep returning to this over and over again, in the middle of that story, in the middle of that place, in the middle of that tribulation, we are not alone. In the middle of that is a cross and an empty tomb. And it is the power of the cross and the empty tomb that gives us hope. Jesus died to bring us hope. I want you also to note that Jesus says, yet I am not alone. And we're not alone. We're in this together, but Jesus is with us. And in Jesus' conquering of death, and in the power that he overcame, in, in how that he overcame death, there is a great deal of hope and life in that. And so while there is tribulation, trials, troubles, our world feels shaken often, and especially so in the last year. But we should not uh, plan that that doesn't keep happening because Jesus says, in this world you shall have tribulation. By the way, that word tribulation there means pressure. In the world, we're going to have pressure. Yet in the middle of that, in the middle of our story, there is hope. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to, or your copies of the Scriptures, however you access them, uh, turn to Ephesians 3. I'd like to take that idea, the idea that in Jesus, and that Jesus himself recognized the pressures of this world, the tribulations of this world, the brokenness of this world. In the middle of all of that, uh, you have some words, some rich words from the Apostle Paul being written to the church at Ephesus. And the church at Ephesus was being shaken during this time. They lived in the center of the greatest uh, cult worship, the temple for Artemis, one of the richest cities in the world. And, and yet there are believers there who are moving away from those ideas and moving into the life of Christ. And as they do, I'm sure they felt pressure and brokenness and the brokenness of their world as well. And I, I would like to break into the middle and look at one of the prayers of St. Paul to, for his people and for the people at Ephesus. And we're going to read from chapter 3, verse 14. This is the second great prayer 
in the book of Ephesians. And it is a powerful one, and it's what Paul wishes for his people. And it's something I've been praying for myself, and I want to pray for us as, at Providence, but also encourage you to pray for yourself. Verse 14, chapter 3 of Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The power of prayer is understanding that we need something more than ourselves. If we think that we have what it takes to live, then we never have to ask for help. Prayer, in essence, is understanding who we are and who God is and the world that we live in and the brokenness of our world. I don't think that the people of God should expect the world to get better. In fact, Jesus said it will, it will, the scriptures say it will get worse and worse as sin grows in our world. Yet at the same time, we don't lose hope because when Jesus came and, and gave his life for you and me and, and died and was raised again from the dead, the resurrection, it was, this was Satan's territory. And Jesus, by that act, invaded Satan's territory and grew a world, began to grow a world the people of God, that is powerful and that will never be stopped. That is encouraging and powerful for us believers today. I want you to notice several things in this prayer. First of all, I want you to notice about four basic requests that Paul makes for himself and the church and us. He says, in, uh, in verse 16, he says, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, that's an interesting phraseology he uses. He uses power twice there. The, word is, the Greek word is dunamis, and it means there, there are a couple words that are used for power in the New Testament, Greek words. When dunamis is used, it has the idea that it is, the power is there because of the inerrant qualities of of the nature of something. So in other words, we get our English word dynamite from the word dunamis. And why is dynamite explosive? Because of its makeup. And so, so this is not like somebody giving authority to somebody. It is power because of its inerrant qualities. So read that into this, verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with inerrant power through his spirit in your inner being. Now note what he's saying. We, we are, uh, note also that it says we are to be strengthened. So we're passive 
in, in the sense that empowerment comes from outside of us. This is not some kind of self-help program or anything like that. This is about the Spirit of God living in His people and that power becoming more and more evident. That our inner selves may be strengthened. Notice it doesn't say our bodies be strengthened. Uh, He understands that those are going to get to wax away, to become more and more broken as we age. Uh, but it, but it is the idea that the the our that our inner being be strengthened. Now I I propose that in a world that is broken, there is almost nothing more powerful than people whose inner beings are being strengthened. And note what we're being strengthened with, with through His Spirit. And when we embrace the way of Jesus, the cross, the resurrection. His Spirit is given to us as a down payment. And that Spirit lives within us. And that gives us power. So it's not our power. It's the power of God in us. And that that power gives us uh, something incredible, something much bigger than than simply self-help or a, a program of enriching ourselves. It is the power of God. So Paul asks that, that we be strengthened and I ask that I be strengthened with power through his spirit in my inner being. So, and the reason for that, number two here, is so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Now, it's an interesting word, so that Christ may dwell, live. But it is the, uh, it, it is the word that is used for tent or tabernacle. And he's just used it in chapter 2, verse 22 where he says, In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Note that. In him, in Jesus, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now there it's used as a noun. Here it is used, uh, here it has the idea that Christ lives within that place. So Christ uh, the, 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 we're being strengthened with power by the Spirit so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. Uh, it, the, the, um, it's a singleness of act here where, where Jesus comes and lives in us. And so that, that, that Christ, that we look more and more like the house of God. And I, I find this fascinating both individually and corporately. That as Jesus works in me, I begin to look more and more like him. And that as Jesus works in us together, the body here at Providence, the people of Jesus across Holmes County, the people of Jesus in Ohio, the people of Jesus in the United States, and then the people of Jesus in the world are looking more and more and acting more and more like Jesus. See, this is much more than just giving lip service or saying, oh, I believe. This is about how we live. So Paul is asking, first of all, that we be strengthened with power and that Christ can dwell in our hearts. And then he asks that we be given the strength. Again, this is dunamis, that we have the power to comprehend, understand. The idea is understanding. So that we may have the power to understand with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. 
Notice he covers all four dimensions. Breadth, length, height, and depth. So all four dimensions are covered. It's a four-dimensional world. And, and that, that, that we can have the strength. And it does take strength to look past the brokenness of our world. And here's where this really uh, happens for us in our world. When we look beyond what we hear, what we see around us, we look beyond that and say, what is God wanting to do in our world? And how can I be a part of that? And in order to do that, there is only one way we can really do that, and that is to embrace the way of the cross and the empty tomb. This phrase is connected, the idea that we uh, understand, have the strength to comprehend, uh, the strength to comprehend the dimensions of what God wants to use. And by the way, this is the only time, uh, this could also be translated, that you may have the strength. And this is the only time that this is, phrase is used in the New Testament in Greek. And so this is very special because Paul is saying, I want you to have the strength, the power, the heart, the passion to understand what God is about and what he's doing in our world. And then the fourth thing here is that we should, Paul prays that we may be able to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And, and again, knowledge is very important. Just in the previous phrase, he said we, that we could have the strength to understand or have the knowledge of, to comprehend what is going on. And then he says, but there's something even bigger than that. And, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses that understanding. I often think about the uh, chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says there's prophecy, there's all these other things, but it, the most powerful thing is love. And brothers and sisters and friends, when we understand how much Jesus loved us, to know the love of Jesus. Note it, it doesn't say. It, it doesn't say to, to know how we should love others. It says to know the love of Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus loves you? What does it mean that he wants you to know his love? I, along with many of us, are scared when people just love unconditionally. Because we, we're always afraid that they might stop or that we won't earn their love. Let me just tell you all a liberating truth. You can never do enough to earn God's love. So he gave it to you. He gives it to you as a gift. For God so loved the world. Loved us so much that he gave his only son. So that that only son could understand the world that we live in, the brokenness of our world. And then he went to his death and he rose from the dead. And that power, that power over death. And, and he didn't stay uh, remote then. He came back and offers himself to us 
in the person of his spirit. And that is a powerful thing, to know the love of Christ, to know the love of God that surpasses even comprehension so that we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Note that, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, that's powerful because what happens when somebody is full of God? They can't help but talk about him. And in our world today, when there is much talk about sides and we should do it this way, we should do it that way, or we shouldn't do this, or we should do that, we, and, and with the, the pandemic in our world and all that, what would it look like to have a group of people filled with the fullness of God? Where they not only gave, but they listened. Where they not only spoke out, but they loved. Now, I, I've been thinking about this passage, and I, I want to, to pray. I've been praying this passage for myself. And, and there's ways to personalize it. For instance, for myself, I would say something like this. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family on heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant me to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in my inner being, so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all of you what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, that surpasses knowledge, that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. I wonder what would happen if each of us prayed that for this week and and really embraced that idea. Paul then goes on and says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us. What is that power? It's the Spirit. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You almost get the sense as Paul is writing this, that he kind of, at the very end, breaks into this singing, and I'm not going to, but breaks into this powerful words, powerful song, powerful praise, because of what God is doing. Unless we think that we live in unprecedented times, we don't. There have been other times in our world when our world has been as shaken, or the, the world has been as shaken as it is today, as broken as it is today. Ephesus, as Paul is writing this, Corinth, when Paul is writing to the Corinthians, the Roman world, when Jesus comes into it, the Jewish world, when the prophets speak. And yet, As people of Jesus, there is something much greater that we can embrace. So as we go into this week, think about the idea, think about praying this. And praying this over your family, praying this over our church, praying this together. And this is my prayer for Providence and those of you who are listening. Father, I bow my knees before you because from you every family on heaven, in heaven and earth is, is given a name. 
And according to the riches of your glory, you may grant us to be strengthened with power through your Spirit in our innermost beings, so that Christ can dwell in our hearts through faith, so that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more, Father, you are able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. For those of you who worship regularly here at Providence, God bless you. We'll be keeping you updated throughout the week in how we plan to go forward with services in the next week. It's a week-by-week thing right now. Uh, A number of our people are either sick or have had direct contact, like I said, so we want to be very careful with that. Also, remember that giving is a part of our call as a people of God, and you can do that through Tithely on our Facebook page. And remember to pray for our missionaries, for Jared. Uh, I just got a note from Jared. His treatment has gone well, but uh, he will continue to receive some treatment as he goes forward here. Remember to pray for him and for the others who are sick in our congregation. God bless you. Have a great week. Take some time today to worship Jesus whether that's through being outside, uh, listening to music, reading scripture, journaling, however you best do that. God bless you, and and may he keep you. Let's pray together yet. Lord Jesus, again, I just pray that we would be strengthened with power in our innermost beings, that we can understand and comprehend the breadth of what you've given us, and that we together, might understand what it means to be loved and that you might dwell in our hearts richly. To you be the honor and glory and majesty. In Jesus' name, amen.